Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for returning for another segment. In this segment, we'll be having a conversation with Curtis Barnett. He's joining us here as president and CEO of Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield. He's going to talk about his belief in the importance of addressing behavioral health care needs at the community level through collaboration with local organizations that have demonstrated success in increasing access, improving outcomes, and basically reducing stigma. He's also going to talk a bit about why he feels it's so vital to invest in mental health care, re-examine our behavioral health service model to provide intervention from early childhood through adolescence and into adulthood, and a bit about the power of leveraging community resources and partnerships to reach those who are experiencing behavioral health challenges. Welcome to Health Professional Radio. Curtis Barnett, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning, Neil. Great to be with you. Glad that you could take the time. President, CEO of Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield, quite a responsibility. Give us a bit of background about yourself and tell us about your role as president and uh, CEO of Blue Cross and Blue Shield there in Arkansas. Yeah, thank you, Neil. It's great to be with you. And uh, In my seventh year as the president and CEO of Arkansas Blue Cross, uh, we serve a little over 2 million members uh, across the United States. Uh, we have the privilege of being our market's uh, largest uh, health insurer, and that's a responsibility we take very seriously. And And I've spent uh, nearly 30 years with Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield, and it is a, a wonderful place to work and I have the honor to, to work along absolutely wonderful people. And uh, we get to, we say a lot, we have the privilege of serving our family and friends uh, and working with them on a daily basis. So it, it truly is a, a wonderful experience here. Now, when it comes to, to mental health, what do you see as the biggest barriers to uh, access for uh, people who need mental health care? Yeah, you know, I think there are four areas that come to mind when I think about barriers to access. And I think the first one is really just the complexity of the system. Uh, many people who may need care, may want to get care, uh, really don't know where to start. If you're not familiar with the behavioral health care system, it can be very intimidating, very frustrating. Uh, how do you start? What kind of providers do you use? And how do you go about that process? That's something that we've uh, tried to invest quite a bit of resource in to help people get started and get them to the right place, to the right care at the right time. So I think complexity is a part of it. I think a second barrier is a shortage of mental health providers. Uh, even if people uh, understand they need care, even if they know where to start, often there's a shortage. It may require weeks or even months before they're able to get in and see a particular type of mental health professional, especially if they need child or adolescent services, or they're in a rural area. And we see a, a great barrier due to geography uh, with shortages in rural areas uh, that uh, that can keep people from getting the care that they need. So. Uh, that's another area that can be a challenge. It is an area where we saw, you know, telemedicine make a a, a big difference over the last few years in particular, but it, it's still a barrier that we deal with. Uh, cost is another one. Uh, it can be a tremendous barrier, especially if somebody doesn't have health insurance or they have a high deductible health plan, then cost can come into that, and it can cause somebody to de- delay care or not to receive care. And then finally, stigma is a barrier. And mental health, substance use disorders, are still viewed by many as character flaws or personal weaknesses. And they're things that people, they don't like to talk about even mm-hmm. with family and friends. 
And if they won't talk about it with family and friends, unfortunately, in too many cases, they're not getting the care they need. Is mental health considered an integrated and an equally important part of people's health these days, or has it ever been? I don't think there's any question that there's been a history in our industry in particular where it's not been considered to be on par with physical health. I do think that's changing, and I think I can speak certainly for the Arkansas market uh, that we have the privilege of serving. Uh, I think the first thing that we're seeing more of now are that organizations like ours and healthcare systems, delivery systems, are making mental health a priority. Uh, we're seeing uh, healthcare delivery systems uh, uh, growing their access in terms of inpatient and outpatient compa- capacity, coordinated care plans, telehealth services. That's a, a great thing for the, the people that we all serve together. As a payer, uh, we've made uh, tremendous investments in what we call a whole person approach to healthcare, where we're committed to working to serve our members, to help them meet their physical health needs, their mental health needs, as well as their social needs. A part of how we've done that is that we've built out our case management, uh, our care management teams, excuse me, uh, that serve uh, especially those who are in need of behavioral health care services. And so that uh, we've uh, built it out so that we have clinical leadership from psychiatrists, primary care physicians. We have nurses that are trained in behavioral health. And we have social workers that are a critical part of our organization, of our team, and they help our members really navigate this complex system that I was talking about earlier to help them get the right care, the care they need at the right time as well. Uh, We've begun recently in the last couple of years highlighting the importance of behavioral health by offering in the market every one of our customers or prospective customers have access to a health plan if they choose to purchase it that does not have any cost sharing for a certain number of behavioral health therapy visits. So that gives them a way uh, for their for our members to be able to see a behavioral health therapist without having to pay a copay or mm-hmm. coinsurance if those uh, if those services are, are purchased. Uh, also, you know, we have a number of value-based uh, reimbursement programs with providers. There's a mental health component to that. So when you talk about reimbursement, we try to make sure it's reflected there as well. And then we constantly are working with our customers and with our providers to talk about and demonstrate the value of the, really this whole person approach. And, and Bill, just going to give you just a great example of that. And, you know, I've spent nearly 30 years in this industry, and one of the things we've always been perplexed by is how do we get control of utilization of emergency room services? That's always been a challenge for everyone, overutilization of emergency room. And the thing that we've had the greatest success in being able to decrease emergency room utilization is when we can identify somebody who's not only going to the emergency room for a physical health condition, but they also have been diagnosed with a mental health condition. And when we can help them manage that behavioral health condition, we see overall emergency room utilization go down by more than 10% in most cases. So that's a great example of how when you can treat somebody's physical health needs, their mental health needs, you can get not only better care, but also more cost-effective care as well. Early in our conversation, you mentioned the stigma surrounding uh, mental health and seeking mental health treatment. What is Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield doing to change the uh, the stigma that surrounds uh, mental health? Are there programs specifically designed uh, for your, your health care workers or your uh, case workers to deal with that? 
in, in addition to dealing with all the other uh, complexities of the system? Yeah, I mean, we, we've tried to do a number of things. I think one thing that certainly comes to mind are public service campaigns in our market and in our communities where a television, print, social media spots that really emphasize the importance of normalizing the conversation around behavioral health. And by normalizing the conversation, I mean help people understand that behavioral health conditions are not a sign of weakness, but a disease that needs to be treated, and then encouraging them to get the help that they need. So that's been one thing that we've done. Another has been is that we've partnered with the Arkansas chapter of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, also known as, as NAMI, to work with them to go into schools, junior high, middle schools, high schools, as well as colleges and universities, start chapters of really NAMI on campus is what these uh, these organizations are called, but chapters where we're bringing students together in leadership roles to to really to help raise awareness, to help them combat stigma, and to learn how they can help their peers uh, deal with some of the mental health issues that they're dealing with and that they're seeing within their schools. And so that's been another way that we're really addressing the stigma. And something that's occurred more recently that's had a positive impact, we think, on stigma that we really didn't expect to, kind of one of those unintended consequences, has been we've begun to employ and engage peer support specialists in our care teams that I talked about earlier. And if you're familiar with peer support specialists, these are people who are successful in recovery, so they're actually in recovery, and they have been trained as non-clinical health professionals who can help others who are going through recovery uh, due, due to addiction uh, be more successful in recovery as well. And when we began to really uh, go to the market to identify and employ and bring those into our care teams, the reaction that we had from the broader community about the state's largest health insurer, one of the largest employers, reaching out to the recovery community in such a way gave them a legitimacy they never felt was possible before and really felt like that was a game changer for them. And then finally, the last thing I would just mention is that we've uh, invested this year in particular working with an organization called the Arkansas Rural Health Partnership to train our Kansans in mental health first aid. So we are going out into our communities and offering mental health first aid certification programs we intend by the end of the year we will have certified close to a thousand Arkansans. We want to make sure that in all 75 of our counties we have in our state that we have representation in each of those counties. And we think that's another way that we can further address stigma as it relates to mental health. Curtis, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Lots of great information. Hoping that you'll return and uh, give us some some updates as to uh, how things are going there in uh, Arkansas and in Blue Cross Blue Shield and the system overall. Thank you so much for your time this morning. All right. Thank you, Neil. It's been great talking with you. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard in conversation with Curtis Barnett. Audio copies of this program are available at healthprofessionalradio.com.au, also at Anchor Spotify, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com healthprofessionalradio.com.